The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. I've been thinking a lot lately about how the world has changed and all the loss that goes with that. It was September 11th, 2001, and I was living on the East Coast and it was 6 a.m. and I was asleep in bed when I heard a phone, the phone ring. My brother was living me, with me at the time and he got up and he answered the phone. And he said hello and then he was silent. And then all I heard was the television turn on. And so I got out of bed to see that two planes had struck the Twin Towers in New York City. And then we went on to watch as those two towers, one after another, crumbled, literally disintegrated into dust on the ground. There was incredible loss that day. And the world changed. It was March 11th, 2020. I'd had a long day. And so I came home and I turned on the television to watch the Thunder game. That night, I remember specifically, they were supposed to play the Denver Nuggets. And when I turned on the television, there was frantic movement all over what was then the Chesapeake Arena. And people were exiting the building. And I was confused about what's going on. And then I listened more and more to the announcers talk about that one of the players for the Nuggets had tested positive for COVID. And within a few days, there was crisis and chaos in New York City. And not long after that, we were all bunkered and hunkered down in our homes for what seemed like forever. We all lost something that day and the world hasn't been the same it's January 16th 2007 I was actually living in Uganda and I'd spent the day rafting the Nile with my cousin and that evening we got a phone call and the person on the other line said there's been an accident and we haven't heard from your brother. So I frantically began calling everyone I knew trying to figure out what had happened and if my brother was okay and I finally got a hold of someone and they said, Ben, I'm so sorry. Your brother died. It was a devastating loss on that day. And the world changed forever. How does one continue in the face of such devastating loss? Well, welcome to Sunday Morning Church. <laughs> Happy Easter to everyone. We're so glad that you're here. If you're visiting, 
you are welcome. For those of you that are joining us online, welcome. If you are visiting, I want to encourage you, you should have received a, a bulletin, which looks like this. And if you didn't, just grab it right out of your neighbor's hand. If it's, if it's one of our members, just hand it to someone who doesn't have one. And on the inside, you'll find a QR code just on the front inside page. If you'll scan that, there's a, there's a visitor's card that will pop up. We would love to just get to know you a little bit better, have a little contact information, not to bug you, not to disturb you, not to hassle you. We just want to love you. And so just to get to know you a little bit better uh, and welcome you uh, again and again into our, our congregation, our body. The Springs, we are a church that is being transformed to the image of Christ so that people can find their way back to God. And we do this through three ways. We gather together in the name of the Father like we do this morning and every Sunday morning, and we want to grow into the image of his son. We do that through connections groups and Bible study and through lots of different ministries. And we want to do all this so that we can go by the power of his spirit. And this year is our year of go. And so we've been in a sermon series, Brett and I, where we've talked about your story. That is your story, God's story, that hopefully becomes your story. We want to talk about scripture and the mission of God. So our text this morning actually comes from Ezekiel, chapter 37, beginning in verse 1. The hand of the Lord was on me. And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And God asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And I, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath, from the four winds, Breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet as a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones, these bones are the people of Israel. And they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, 
will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, that I the Lord have spoken. And that I have done it, declares the Lord. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks. For your word is life to us. We cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. So today, God, we pray for ears to hear. We pray for hearts to follow, and we pray for lives and bodies that will obey. God, I ask for the gift of preaching. It's in your son, your resurrected son, that we pray. Amen. 587 B.C., that is a pivotal year in Israel's life and faith. Because in 587, the world changed for God's people. At this point, Israel is in conflict with the Babylonians and their king, Nebuchadnezzar. And in 589, the Babylonians laid siege to Jerusalem. For 18 months, they surrounded the city. Plagues broke out within the city, and there was a horrible, immense amount of suffering. As you can imagine, because the city was totally surrounded, their food ran out, and famine occurred in Jerusalem. There's even historical reports that it was so awful that some resorted to cannibalism because they were suffering so much. And finally, the resistance faded. They couldn't hold off the Babylonians anymore. So the Babylonians were able to penetrate the walls of Jerusalem. And in 587, they took Jerusalem. 587, everything changed. There was incredible loss. They went through and they spared nothing. They burned the city. They destroyed the temple. They pillaged homes. They slaughtered people. They took captive all who survived. And they took him in exile to Babylon. All the prophets lament this moment. And when you read the prophets, the prophets are about, among other things, it's about this moment. When everything changed for God's people. And there was incredible loss. And Jeremiah, probably more than any other, laments this. He laments it before Israel ever goes into captivity, before Jerusalem is ever besieged, he begins to lament what Israel can't lament and soon will. And he says in 31.15, this is what the Lord says. A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning, great weeping. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. 
question is this. How does one continue in the face of devastating loss? This is the question the prophets have for us. This is the question that God's people are left with in the face of destruction of Jerusalem and of the temple in 587. And with the reality of exile, Israel's faith faith must now find new existence with God and project hope in a future that takes into account profound, profound loss. 587. It's a pivotal moment for Israel's existence. And in fact, it's not only a pivotal moment, it's a pivotal metaphor for God's people going forward. Because at this point, the destruction of Jerusalem and exile, this is the moment that brings forth an end to the known world and its relinquishment. And the reception of a new world given by God. I don't have to tell you this. Over the past few years, the world has changed. And we've all looked forward to things getting back to normal. But maybe it's just me. And if it's not, if it's just me, just sit quiet. But if it's not just me, I want to amen after this. I don't feel like anything is normal. We're supposed to be back to normal. And I don't feel like anything is normal. Well, Ben, no, it's the new normal. Well, whatever this new is that we're experiencing, nothing about it feels normal to me. Nothing seems to be working right. Anybody experience on some level a supply chain issue? To wait on something? Anybody experienced filling up your tank of gas? Or not filling it up because you're like, ooh, only halfway there. It's too expensive for me. It wasn't too long ago, I was driving down to Austin. It was late at night. I'm serious. It's like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm with, I'm with my boys, and we stop along the way somewhere in Texas, and we thought, oh, let's, let's go to McDonald's. Just a quick stop, go through the drive-thru. Judge me. God will judge you harshly. I waited in the line, in the drive-thru line, for 55 minutes. And then at 55 minutes, I just left the line and went on. I didn't even get my food. I thought, we should have went to Burger King. We drove past Burger King, line's just as long. Taco Bell, line's just as long. It's 10 o'clock at night. 
I'm thinking, what kind of town is this? These places are hopping. But what I realized is that this is true all over. There's just, things aren't working right. There's not enough people working. It's just weird. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just saying it is, right? People are feeling strange. I had a student come into my office and I asked, how, how are things going? He says, I don't, it's just weird. It's like, I feel like this whole semester I've been constantly behind, like constantly playing catch up. I can never catch up. But when I stop and look, I'm like, no, I'm fine. I, I'm actually okay. Like when I really look at the situation, I don't feel behind. And I said, that's exactly how I feel. I felt that way for like a year and a half. Like I can never quite catch up. But when I really look at the situation, I'm like, I'm, I'm not behind. But I feel like I am. And people are acting so strangely. I won't name things that are going on around in and around our lives, but let me give you an example. COVID ended, and then Russia invaded Ukraine. Now, that might not sound strange to us, that Vladimir Putin would invade a country, but I thought it was just strange. We're on the brink of World War III. The world is different. I was sharing this with a colleague on the phone the other day, and he said, Ben, I heard a word that I think it applies to this. And he said, I'm experiencing the same thing. We can't really name it. I, I kept saying, I can't really name what I'm experiencing. But he says, there's a word that kind of struck me that, that I'd actually never heard. It's kind of a, you know, really expensive word. I'll share it with you. It may not mean anything, but let me explain it. He said, the word I learned was allostatic load. So what does that mean? Well, allostatic load refers to the cumulative burden of chronic stress in our life. And he says, we're experiencing allostatic overload. And what allostatic overload is, it occurs when the cumulative effects of psychological stress response lead to health problems, disease, and death. Things are just not right. We've experienced devastating loss over the past two years. First of all, it has to be said, we've experienced devastating loss of life. Just humanity. What I saw, the six, six, something like 2.5, 2.6 million people from COVID. And that doesn't count the people that we've lost that are close to us, whether it was COVID or not. But the amount of time we've lost with each other is significant. Grandparents can't get that time back with their grandkids. High school and college age students can't get those years back. 
It's a lot of loss. Anybody go to a drive-thru birthday? Raise your hand. You attended a drive-thru birthday? Anybody have a birthday that they had a drive-thru birthday? Can't get those back. Family vacations. Can't get them back. My family and I, I don't tell this to make you feel sorry for us, other than you've experienced something similar to this. In 2020, our family was planning to go to Europe. It's going to teach in the study abroad program. We're going to travel as a family in Europe. I don't know when that's, if that's ever going to happen. We've lost our world. We've lost what is familiar, what was comfortable. We've experienced devastating loss. So the question is, how does one continue in the face of devastating loss? God asks Ezekiel a similar question in Ezekiel 37.3. He says this, God asks me, Ezekiel's talking, he says, God asks me, son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel said, sovereign Lord, only you alone know. It's a similar question it's a similar question to the question we've been asking all morning. How can we continue with such devastating loss? And God asked Ezekiel, Ezekiel, is there any chance that these bones can live? Any chance? Because the prophets, if they're doing anything, they are preparing us for the new life that God has in store for us. I think one of the things that we learn through exile, one of the things that Israel learns through its own exile, through 587, is that while the world has completely changed and while there's devastating loss, and they're asking this question, can these bones live? God asked Ezekiel the question, and he's ready to give an answer because Ezekiel said, God, only you know. Only you know if these bones can live. The prophets, God through the prophets is ready to offer something new to his people. In fact, not just to his people, through his people to the entire world. He's ready to take our lives that have been disrupted and torn apart, take our bones that have been dried up by, devastate, by devastating loss, and give them life again. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones, I will make breath enter in you and you will come to life. 
I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am God. But in order to receive this newness, Ezekiel 37 says this, then he said to me, son of man, these bones, these bones, dry bones that you see, they are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. This is the words of Israel to God. And you see in these words enormous loss. You hear the loss of them saying, our bones are dried up. You hear the loss of life there. You hear this, this sense that the world has changed. They say, our hope is gone. All the things that we've hoped for are gone. The world's completely different. And you see this response of relinquishment. They said, we have been cut off. And we know that world's never coming back. One of the things that the prophets teach us is that God is ready to do a new thing in his people. God is ready to do a new thing in your life and in my life and for the life of the world. But here's what the prophets say in the time of exile. You must relinquish in order to receive. Incredible loss. Our bones are dry. Our hope is gone. The world is totally changed. You have to relinquish all of those things that you've hoped for. This is a very difficult thing to do. And one of the things that the prophets say is that in order to relinquish, you must be permitted and empowered to grieve that world. Because it cannot be relinquished easily. All of the worlds that we hold on to, all of the worlds that were previous that are now gone, that will never come back, all the ways of our being in the world... All the ways that we've lived that we know are not going to work anymore. That we know are not going to take us forward. That we know are not going to help us to grow into who God wants us to be. Those things, those lives, those worlds must be grieved so that we can relinquish them. Because you can't receive God's newness until you relinquish That oldness. You can't receive God's new world 
until you relinquish that old one. Ezekiel 37 says, my people, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I'm going to bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I'm the Lord when I open your graves and I bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle I will settle you in your land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and that I have done it, declares the Lord. We're gathered here on Easter Sunday to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there's nothing else that you hear today, Hear this. Jesus relinquishes his life in order to receive God's newness. The exile is the gospel. For Jesus was exiled to the grave. Jesus relinquished his own life. He relinquished all that he knew, all that he was, all that he hoped for, all that he lived to be. He relinquished it in order to receive the newness of God in the empty tomb. resurrection of his body but this resurrection newness was not just for Christ he didn't relinquish all of this in himself just so that he could receive resurrection and new life he relinquished in order that the world may receive that newness in order that you and I may receive that resurrection life in order that the world may know and experience the newness of God in ways that has never experienced it before. How does one continue in the face of devastating loss? It's to relinquish and receive. Not just for ourselves, but for the sake If you need to relinquish something today, if you need, if you're ready to relinquish that old world in order to receive God's new world, that resurrection world where dry bones are given muscle and tendons, flesh, and blood, and breath, and life. If you're ready to relinquish in order to receive God's new life, will you come as we stand and sing?